If you have betrayed your spouse and then disclose that betrayal, one thing you will have become very aware of is the rage that betrayal can cause. A lot of times when we are working with people who are working through their own infidelity and trying to recover their marriage, they aren't sure how to respond to this rage or what to do with it. Today we're going to look at why anger is a normal part of responding to betrayal, where it comes from, and how to best support your spouse in the face of it. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a unique episode for you this week. This is episode number 269. And today we're going to be talking about how to best respond to the rage of your betrayed spouse. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how self-compassion can help your marriage. Uh, do go back and check that out. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. Okay, let's get into the topic of responding to the rage of betrayal. Rage, yes. Well, let's start with just understanding the anger. Okay. That's there. So when a person is betrayed, there's a lot of potential responses, of course, that And they often come in waves and varying degrees of intensity. So one researcher wrote this, which I thought uh, was kind of a good summary, that typical responses to betrayal include retaliation, reduction in trust. Actually, I don't see retaliation very often, but I see the thought of it fairly often. Anyways, reduction in trust, distrust or suspicion, of course, increase in monitoring, negative emotions, for example, anger, disappointment, frustration, deterioration in the quality or even the termination of the relationship, withdrawal of effort and cooperation within the relationship, and demand for more legalistic forms of trust as substitutes for interpersonal trust. Okay. A lot of different parts there, but one of the most prominent negative emotions mentioned within that is anger or even rage. And in all fairness, whenever a person or anybody is faced with an extreme threat, they often will respond with anger. Okay. I think we've seen that from time to time in different contexts. Anger helps a person to survive by shifting their focus towards doing the things necessary for survival. Really? Yeah. Like overcoming, it's like a whole bunch of energy directed towards subduing the threat so that they can restore a sense of safety, right? Okay, okay. If you look at it that way. And since a marriage is usually grounded on what was previously seen to be a reliable foundation of trust, when that foundation gets shattered by betrayal, that's a significant breakdown in a foundation, like something really fundamental in your life. Mm-hmm. And the experience of that is like that actually feels like a threat to your survival because your whole world is turned upside down. It's shaken. Okay. Right. So that's kind of the connection between a betrayal experience and, and the anger and a survival response. Yeah. Of which anger is one manifestation. Yeah. Now, anger is also a common response to events that seem unfair. So add that on top. Uh Or to circumstances which set you up to be a victim of the choices of others, especially a situation like Uh a betrayal event. So you you layer that on top, right? Yeah. And so there's lots of reasons for anger to be that common reaction. Now, as part of this, we need to understand the trauma and even the PTSD that comes from betrayal sometimes or quite often. And it is often a surprise as to how severe the reaction is to being betrayed. So part of how a person justifies their actions heading into, say, for example, infidelity 
is part of the, and this is part of the denial and minimization thinking that's related to, you know, how you need to get around your own values to do something that you never thought you would do. Okay. Is like part of how... So this is the the person who's the betrayer is yes, justifying their actions. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of sidebarred on myself there a little bit too, but what I wanted to note is part of the, part of how a person justifies their actions is sort of mentally turning down the dial on what the anticipated consequences will be. Like they don't let themselves oh, really sit Like it in, won't be that bad Yeah, kind of thing? Yeah. Or she probably won't find out even, right? Oh. Which is saying there won't really be a consequence. Okay. Right? Okay. So regardless of how much of that denial is occurring, mm-hmm. it has no bearing on the severity of the impact on the betrayed spouse when they discover what's happening. What I'm saying is you can deny all you want, you can minimize all you want, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually lower the impact on your spouse when they oh, find out. Oh, I see. Yes. Right? It's so, still going to be as strong yeah, as ever. Okay. There's a disconnect there, right? Yeah. So quite often a betrayal becomes a traumatic event, even causing many of the symptoms of PTSD. And so generally then your spouse may experience other negative effects of trauma, such as forgetting, even sometimes forgetting important parts of the traumatic event, Mm. like their mind will blank out on it later on. Yeah. Exaggerated negative thoughts about herself or himself or others or the world. Like, can I trust anybody Mm, anymore? Yeah. Kind of thing. A distorted blame of self or others. Mm-hmm. detachment or estrangement from others, like feeling very isolated, alone, okay. not being able to reach out, not wanting to connect with others, an inability to experience positive emotions. Like they'll just feel like anything joyous or positive or happy has been torn from them. A lack of interest in normal activities, a globally negative experience of fear, like everything becomes fearful. Uh, yeah. Even sometimes horror, anger, of course, we talked about, are talking about, and then guilt or shame too associated with it. And so these are all kind of fallout symptoms that are tied to PTSD and trauma that yeah. can come from somebody else's betrayal of that person. Can come from someone else betraying. Yeah. Or just prompted by the betrayal okay. of somebody else's okay. betrayal. Yeah. So it's such a blow. Again, it becomes a shattering event. Now kind of taking those general symptoms of trauma and PTSD and some of those common reactions and just narrowing that down to talk about rage more specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of the criteria for rage include, number one, having an experience that exceeds healthy anger. Like this is mm. more than I am protesting an injustice, which you would have every right to do. You're- okay. I'm not following here. So uh, what do you mean by criteria for rage? Like if something like, happens to me that exceeds healthy anger, yeah, I might rage. No, no. What it's like, I'm just saying like, what's the difference between a healthy anger yeah. versus a raging anger? Like something that's more intense, more okay, powerful, more uh, like the person experiences more sort of over consuming, right? Right. So in a situation like this, like you would expect that there, because of the injustice, you've been treated unfairly, you've been made a victim. There should be a healthy anger response. Okay. And rage, I'm just saying, is more than that. It exceeds that healthy anger response. Oh, okay. Does that make more sense? Yes. As part of that is losing the rational component of brain functioning that enables a person to think clearly and logically. So the rage, again, can come out like very irrational thinking at times or not logical. Like you're, you would even, you'd be so enraged, you might do things to hurt yourself or, or to act in ways that you would never normally act otherwise, even if you were angry. Okay. Okay. A third feature of rage is losing the ability to consider the consequences for your actions. Okay. Think about road rage, actually. That might be an almost a more identifiable way of relating to this is you kind of have your normal mom or dad going to work situation. Yeah. And oh, then okay. they get into road rage, right? Okay. And this, it kind of unleashes the beast. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, even seeking to hurt your spouse in a physical way. Okay. Now, these particular features of rage, they were noted from a study of violent women who experienced rage toward their partner, but it wasn't actually in a betrayal context. So there's not a lot of real data on rage of the rage of betrayal. Betrayal. So we're kind of just drawing links over from these other studies. Okay. But I do hear in my counseling work uh, with our team about betrayed spouses experiencing these kinds of symptoms. And I want to mention too, that even when you have been betrayed, just because we mentioned the physical violence, even when you have been betrayed, it's still not acceptable to resort to physical violence. And yes, it's also unacceptable that you're betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. But the two wrongs won't make it right. Right. And your physical violence won't help you to feel safer with your spouse. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it, it won't actually produce a positive outcome for you. Okay. So why do they do this? Why do, like, why do spouses end up raging? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's almost like a redundant question because I can totally understand why they might. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people do, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, the part of your spouse's nervous system. So I'm speaking again to sort of the betraying spouse. Okay. About who has the person who's been betrayed. Okay. So that, that betrayed spouse, their nervous system, which is responsible for calming and for stabilizing them under stress. Mm hmm. It breaks down under situations of extreme stress. It can't keep up, really, with something as severe as betrayal. And in that scenario, then, the part of the brain that helps with social engagement goes offline. Social engagement means this is like the humanly... The relationship, yeah. Yeah. And so then they resort to, if I could call it like a more primitive or more sort of essential functions only, like a fight or flight behavior, such as either withdrawing or lashing out angrily or rage. So what's helpful to note from that as you stand in the shoes of the betrayer is that this is a protective function that's happening for your spouse when they're raging. So they're not actually trying to attack you. They're just trying to protect themselves from. Yeah. But when you're standing in those shoes, it's like, Oh yeah, she's trying to attack me or he's trying to. I know. I know. But I'm trying to understand what you're saying then by this protective function. Well, that's what I, you kind of have to look past the rage to see how the body is just, and the brain are kind of acting together in this very essential way to protect the person who is, you know, experiencing such profound threat to their uh, sense of well-being, to having an intact world around them, okay. to be safe and secure. And, so they're responding to the threat, even though it's not like a physical threat in the moment. Yes, it's the same as how they might respond to a physical threat. Yeah. Even though it's it's been an emotional yeah. threat. Okay. I mean, in some ways, if... You know, particularly if the infidelity is involved intercourse and unprotected sex and prostitution or something like that, there could be a physical threat mm. that's felt in the body as well. Right. Because you may have put your spouse's health at risk. Okay. So in kind of more plain English, like your betrayed spouse is raging at you. I'm just going to go with the female gender, assuming a man has betrayed a woman here. Okay. Your betrayed wife is raging at you because she is trying to restore a sense of safety within herself. That safety was torn away by the betrayal. And we all need to have a basic sense of safety that that we operate in where we, you know, without thinking about it, we just understand that the people closest to us are trustworthy and reliable. That's like you have to live. Yeah. It's a normal way to live. And when they prove they are not through something like infidelity, then our survival systems kick in because all of a sudden you have an intimate threat. So those survival systems kick in to try to restore, to bring us back to that place of safety. And that happens sort of at a very core basic level within our nervous systems. Okay. So that's that's how you go from betrayal to rage. Okay, yes. Now, once again, we have created a bonus guide with additional supporting information for this situation. And this is for couples who are struggling through this part of their recovery and rebuilding after a betrayal. Often this is very early on. The extra guidance for this episode speaks to betrayed spouses. 
in more detail about what you can do for yourself when you feel this anger or feel this rage coming on. And obviously that's a very difficult experience for you as well. And often even one that causes some shame too. That they're about, responding so strongly. About how you act, right? Huh. And so if you'd like help for that, this guide is a great starting point. You can get it by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we're going to take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at oyf.support. That's oyf.support. You're listening to The Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about why your spouse ends up raging. Mm-hmm. And let's get to the how-to part here, Valinda, how to respond and support your spouse. Okay. So first of all, during the rage, if it helps as the betraying spouse, if you can keep in mind that your betrayed spouse's rage is an effort to restore safety, that feels as if it has been torn from her or from him. And if you can maintain sort of that perspective, you'll be in a better position to adequately respond to these very intense emotions. Okay. It's just kind of seeing it for for what it is. um, So you're seeing the emotion behind the anger, basically. Yeah. Behind all that rage coming at you. Yeah. Like the rage, the rage might feel kind of wrong or like it's too intense or it's wow. Yeah. Right. But, but if you understand that there's a safety system working desperately Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, that's much more, that's more relatable. I think. Okay. Yeah. So ideally you'll want to hear what your spouse is saying and carefully note the underlying fear. And that underlying fear is not overtly expressed, but it will definitely be there in behind the rage. So responding in a reassuring and empathic way to that fear and really avoiding becoming defensive Mm -hmm. will often calm the rage because it's showing your spouse that you get it, that you see what is happening for him or her, that you understand the threat that this has been. And that you're willing to acknowledge that reality, Yeah, that it has been a threat, a huge blow. And when your spouse understands that you see and acknowledge and are appropriately responding to their pain, then they can begin to feel safe again. Because all of us carry some faith in humanity, which kind of just says, you know, if this person really sees and acknowledges how hurt I am, they'll do everything in their power to make sure I don't get hurt more. Like that's a basic faith. Okay. That if you see my hurt. Yeah. You won't joy in that or delight in that and try to maximize it. You'll actually try to comfort it. Yeah. Right. And so your empathic acknowledgement of your spouse's betrayal experience and the threat and how shattering this has been. Yeah. That, that empathy kind of sets the stage for that little bit of faith in humanity to begin to restore itself and extend it, extend it a little bit to you. Okay. That will have to build over time. Now, it's difficult to do this in the face of rage. Mm-hmm. You likely won't get it the first few times. But if you've Research the topic and to the part you found even this episode, then you're likely getting a little bit accustomed to it, to seeing the rage. And what you've been doing hasn't working and it's time to try something different. 
And that's where I really would suggest this empathy approach, this understanding thing, even validating the anger. You have every right to be mm-hmm. beyond angry for what has happened to you. It should never have happened. I let you down. Mm-hmm. Right now, did you have something to say on that? We were talking in one of the last episodes about making sure it's real and not just like taking Caleb's words and yeah. plopping them into another situation. And I think this is another one of those things where this has to be so incredibly real. Genuine. And genuine. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to come across, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know how, but like, I just think that okay, if you've done something really, really hurtful to me mm-hmm. and I'm raging at you mm-hmm. and you're doing the kind of, you know, condescending, oh, you know, I can see that there's fear behind that anger or right. something like that. Like I would, that would be escalating. That is not, that wouldn't calm anything down. So I think that how this is done maybe yep. would make a difference. Yeah. It has to be very sincere. Yeah. Very sincere. But like, I just kind of, when I kind of mentally buzz through cases that I've worked with, yeah. like, and I don't know if this is universal or just people that end up in counseling, but the betraying spouse, you know, usually at this stage where they're considering like that they want to respond like this because they want to repair. Yeah. They're very much in their own remorse. Okay. Okay. And, you know, are not just trying to take a butter knife and smooth the thing over. Okay. But they really realize what they have done and how it's like, they're seeing the pain that it has caused. And they become a student of their spouse in a way, like okay. Um, so they're they're kind of ready for this. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because I guess I yeah, haven't if you worked just, with them. If this is like twenty four hours later after a major discovery, and you're just trying to you're just trying to get your wife them. past it, yeah. so that you don't get as much pressure, and you really haven't come to terms with your own. Uh, I don't know what. Well, wrong that you did wrong. Yeah. Yeah, with the severity of your own actions and understood the consequences and really let that sink in and rest inside you, Mm -hmm. like that this is what I have done and this is how badly it's hurt her or him, then you won't be in a place to do this authentically, probably. Okay. But I'm assuming you are. That's a good word. Okay. Okay. So another thing that's important in responding to rage and just even sort of in the larger trajectory of things is you have to recognize that you and your spouse are going to be on different timelines of recovery. So... A betrayal is traumatic. It takes time to heal. And there's a flood of thoughts and feelings and confusion. Just like you'd expect someone to need time to work through grief after the loss of a loved one, your spouse will need time to work through the loss of like the the idea of the marriage that they thought they had. Right. They need to grieve that. Yeah. So even if you both want to recover the marriage, your recovery trajectories are still separate. Like how healed you will feel. Like quite often guys will come at this stage... And I'm just going to go with the traditional guy, betrayer, female betrayed. They'll come at this stage and they'll be feeling better because they finally got this dark secret off their chest. Mm. And And just completely devastated their wife. Yeah. She's totally tanked, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of why I'm saying like you're on a different trajectory here. Yeah. You're on different timelines. I understand now. Yeah. And so don't have the expectation. Be careful not to communicate an expectation that they need to feel relief from the situation Mm -hmm. as rapidly as you feel relief Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. So everyone is different, but uh, you know, in some cases it would not be unreasonable even to expect it to take a year or more to fully process through the grief and trauma and to get to forgiveness after a betrayal. Like it takes time. Right. Okay. Again, a lot of factors go into that, of course. Yeah. So I'm not prescribing a timeline. Some go faster, some never get there. 
Oh, wow. Right? Okay. So just recognizing you're on a different timeline is important. Um, It's also keep in mind to offer compassion, comfort, and care. Those are sort of three words that are really kind of helpful to remember. So your spouse's rage or anger may activate feelings of shame and guilt again in you that you first experienced with the betrayal. But it's important to work hard to stay non-defensive to refrain from responding with anger back to your Mm -hmm. spouse. And so one common recommendation then is to think about these three C's, compassion, comfort, and care. So compassion is extending that empathy and concern to your spouse, right? Okay. Validating. Comfort is about providing reassurance and care is just attending to your spouse's extra needs as they go through this difficult process of recovering. So as you consistently provide these three things, it helps your spouse to begin to see you as someone who is an ally. Okay. Oh, okay. Even though that trust has been shattered, it's starting to build it again. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Someone who wants to provide comfort and safety. Okay. Um, And then another thing that's good to understand too is what got you here won't get you there. So it can be tempting to try to take your spouse back to the past to resurrect that past kind of happy days of marriage in the present, but it won't work. Why is that? Well, recovering from betrayal, especially a significant betrayal, it means rebuilding your marriage and rebuilding means you're not just going to, you know, rewind 10 years, pick up there and keep going. It's actually, you have to create something new together. Oh, okay. Hopefully something beautiful together. Right. Right. And we do see people doing this, but the past is what brought you to a place where betrayal was possible and then became a reality. Mm -hmm. And so a new trust, a new bond, a new authentic vulnerability and so on will need to be built between you. Okay. Yeah. So that's just good to remember. And then finally, it's important to encourage your spouse to get support. So quite often a betrayed spouse feels very isolated. Right. And they're kind of caught because if they do reach out to a friend and disclose what's happened, then they bear the shame and stigma of being that poor wife Mm -hmm. or that poor husband that got cheated on. On the other hand, being alone on your pain is a greater misery than just having the pain. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Like it doesn't feel good to disclose. It doesn't feel good to not disclose. They might be concerned even for your reputation. Like if I tell this to my parents, my parents will never see him the same again or treat him the same again because he's hurt me. Yeah. So then now I can't tell my parents who have always confided in throughout my life. Right. right? So there's a loss of that. Or a loss implicit in that too, right? So this is really tough, right? And so it's helpful to encourage your spouse to reach out to a trustworthy, confidential friend or two, or more if they have more, or family members. And ideally, if you're considering saving your marriage, these persons should be friends of the marriage too. So not just someone who's going to give your spouse pity and to vilify you. Yeah. If this is what you guys want to do, if you're committed to that, and I work with a lot of people who are that despite the shattering discovery of the betrayal, they want to rebuild. Mm -hmm. So you need allies that are, you know, co-builders, if you will. Right. Not just demolition experts. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. And so they will need to provide support for your spouse, but they'll do so with a view to helping you guys also rebuild as well. Right. Yeah. Huh. And so also it's good to help your spouse understand what we've already discussed, that the betrayal often causes symptoms of trauma. And while you have caused that mm. trauma, you can't heal it for him or for her. Oh, wow. And so regrettably, you've also tasked them with the need to get some counseling help as well. Okay. And there are therapists who specialize in betrayal trauma. We offer this in our online counseling agency. We use video counseling, video calls to do our counseling work. And uh, in many parts of the country, there are specialists that are local that are available as well if your spouse prefers to sit in front of someone physically uh, instead of um, through a video call. But you do want to find um, uh, therapists who understand that betrayal trauma can help them heal and recover. Yeah. That's quite a weight, hey, like to know you've caused the trauma and then you can't heal it. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes I see the betrayed spouse getting mad at that, you know, having empathy for someone doing that to them. It's like, like, like not only did you cheat on me, but now I have to get counseling. Like, right. You screwed me up too. Thank you. Right, right, right. Very much. Yeah. So it's a delicate, uh, you know, kind of the start of that journey is a delicate process sometimes, actually. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Okay. Well, in closing, we'd like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We have Ray and Janine and Jill and Olinson and Desiree. So thank you to those new supporters and to all our current regular supporters as well. And next week, Caleb, we're talking about... Pornography groups that can help your recovery. So there's a lot of options out there that... And I just thought, you know what? We need to look at all the, the groups available and okay. just kind of mention strengths and weaknesses and what, you know, some of them cater to specific sort of faith backgrounds or oh, whatever, I right? Okay. And I, I don't uh, know of anywhere on the internet where there's sort of a comprehensive review like that. And we often recommend this as part of the individual counseling work that we do. So I just thought it'd be really good to put a, a show and an article together on that. Sounds good. That is all for today episode, you can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 269. Find out how you can help, go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.